When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to this very special podcast. Uh, I am interviewing comedians who will be appearing tonight at a very special event at the Fonda Theater. Proceeds benefiting the California Fire Foundation and the Comedy Store's Comedian Assistance Fund. So uh, enjoy. We have a special guest here now. We're joined by Jeff Scott, who has been the piano player at the Comedy Store for the last 22 years. That's right. How are you? Good. We're going to talk a little Comedy Store history. Yes. And then I would be remiss if I didn't ask a piano player at a comedy club. How does that work? Uh, it works well. Uh, I think we're the only club that has always had live piano players. Now, when I started years ago, there were guys that did singing impressions or wanted musical accompaniment or underscoring or they uh, like Willie Tyler and Lester. Uh, I worked with him, and, even and he at, would even do at, singing. And even at uh, the improv, there's a piano on stage oftentimes, or yeah, most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, uh, or all the time, right? My, my friend Avery plays over there, but I'm not sure if it's every night. Avery no, plays there's rarely the somebody playing. playing. I think it's just there just in case, in case Zach Galifianakis shows up. Yeah, although I did play that piano for three years before I started at the comedy store. At the improv? Yeah. Oh, wow. My friend Penny Wiggins uh, had a female stand-up show that was there for... I think she did it for seven years, but I played piano for the first three. Did she do Im- improvisation? I mean, I mean impressions. Yes, and singing impressions. And singing impressions. And she did then, like Jeannie, and, and I remember you know, seeing her back then. Yeah, I always wonder what happened to her. She has been for the past fifteen years. She's been the amazing Jonathan's assistant up in Las Vegas until he took ill. So she just recently was working. Uh, with she was so good, and she plays the dumb. She plays psychic Tanya, a, a, a dumb blonde. You know, magicians. You need assistant. to bring her impressions back because it's you know the sort of the air of the millennials are interested in all that me TV era. Oh yeah. So, so her impressions were all of that sort of seventies. You know, well, and she would do a whole story. thing. She'd do like um, uh, the story of the Wizard of Oz in thirty yes. seconds. So yes. I would play, you know, all the little music stuff underneath it, and uh, and like I said, we had guys like Willie Tyler and uh, uh, Jazz Kaner that you know did singing impressions and Barry Diamond, and uh, so we had a lot more. I guess what you would call novelty acts yeah. back in the day. We had those were a, real singing impressions. Like yes, for real. Oh, Finest like, Henderson, yeah. like real singers too. Yes, right. absolutely. Yeah. Not yeah. just sounding good, but yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah real yeah. Mu- true musicians that happen to have this skill. Yeah, that yeah. look at me and they're like, okay, it's in G. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, mm, I play by ear, so I'll figure that you out. You do? That's crazy. Yeah. Always? I play ragtime. Oh, by ear? By ear. Oh, yeah. my God, that's when, crazy. When uh, my mom started me uh, at piano lessons when I was like six or seven, I had about three years of piano lessons, and this guy walked me out after my lesson once to my mom, and he said, you're wasting your money. Your son will never play piano. Because in the 60s, you had to play classical. You had to learn the proper fingering right. and all that stuff. They, I think now somebody that had a natural ear like myself, they would work with you. But I was told you have to learn this no, way. No, I know. And there's, I, yeah, I get it. They, and couldn't, they couldn't deal with the ear, fact that I could just French sit French or play. Russian approach, and that was that. Right. And, and, right. And, but my, my question to you is, did you just sit at the piano and try to work stuff out uh, just for hour on end, or would it just automatically come to you? It, it's sort of something that was there. I mean, yeah. I worked at it. Um, 
I found out before my grandmother passed away that her mother played piano at, in uh, Cape Cod area. She was a single woman so that had a baby, so that's why my grandmother never spoke of her mother you know, right, of being a bastard child. Right, of course. But then uh, in her older years, she's like, well, that's why you have that talent. She said, your great-grandmother played Crazy. piano like that. And What's your ethnicity? Uh, Scottish. Huh. A little bit of Irish, teeny bit of German. Interesting. But both sides are mainly Scottish. Very interesting. Well, anything else you want to sort of share with us about uh, insights into the club or things that people you'd want people to know about or the history I, of it, that sort of novelty that we have maybe never heard? Um, novelty. Well, when it was uh, – I was telling somebody the other day, I was showing them uh, uh, the main room stage used to fold back huh. and – Showgirls would come out of the floor what? up on a conveyor or on so a, a platform that would rise. Uh, so That's quite nice. a lot of things. And back then, the showroom was one giant room. Okay. We've walled it off to make two different showrooms now. Right, I remember the big. But room. it used to be one big room, yeah. and that was Herman Hover's Ciro's, and everybody played there. So you know, you walk around, and you're like, "Gee, I'm standing where Benny Goodman probably was." One oh, day. it's that far back. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the okay. The original club was called Club Seville, built huh. in '35. Was and then it there, in, same place? Yeah. yeah. It was just like the front part of the club. And then in Wasn't 19- that a dance club sort of at that yeah. point? Yeah. Yes, I see. Yeah. primarily. Yeah. Uh, and then in 39, uh, Bugsy Siegel and his money partner, Billy Wilkerson, who uh, owned the Hollywood Reporter, bought the building, gave it a million-dollar makeover, and opened it New Year's Eve 1939 as Ciro's. And it was celebrities only for the first year or so. And a uh, lot of... Interesting things and, went and it was, there. And it was a, a stage at that point? <laughs> yes. Performing? Yeah. yeah, it was still performing. And, uh, I mean, Count Basie played there, Sammy mm. Davis, wow. uh, you know, Bing and uh, Bob Hope and all the old famous And when people. did Mitzi come into it? Mitzi, uh, Mitzi's husband, uh, Sammy Shore, yeah. and his partner, Rudy DeLuca, rented out the, the back room, which is called the original room. Uh, in 1972, oh, is that recent? So, two, okay. I think it was. And then after they got divorced, Mitzi won the rights to the business as well as the house. So she took it over in '73 and, and has been and ruled the, over it. The and, queen and, of comedy, and as they say, the rest is history. It absolutely is. So, thank you so much. I appreciate it very much. Thank nice you. Talk Great talking Scott. with you, Jeff Scott. Everybody, thank you. <laughs> with Candace Thompson. <laughs> Who's a regular at the Comedy Store? She is also one of the finalists uh, in last stand-up. Last stand-up. Wait. <laughs> we last last. La- it says finalist on stand-up. What? That's yeah. not my bio at all. Finalist on stand-up. St- oh no! Last, uh, oh, that's comic what it, yeah, No, it's called stand-up NBC. Oh. So that's what it's called. Yeah, I was a finalist from Stand Up NBC back was, in that was in 2016, and I after that I got the Tonight Show after doing that. Nice. Yeah. You got Thank the, you. Did you get the couch? Um, no, do they I do don't that know anymore? how often they do that anymore. I don't think they do that anymore. I don't even think there is a couch anymore. I think <laughs> it's just right. he stands Fallon, up right because Fallon jumps around quite a bit. Yeah, he just podcasts now. Essentially, <laughs> so your set was good out here. Yeah, it was uh, good considering the circumstances. Which is outside, outdoors, seven you've got, people. You've got, you've got lovely uh, sort of Eastern gear on. Like Thank you're set you up for the cold. I am, but this is vegan leather. Nice. And that means it's just plastic, I think, because it's That's falling apart. Yeah, vinyl. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's not holding up too well. Are you vegan? No. No. <laughs> Strangely enough. <laughs> I'm, I don't eat meat. I'm vegetarian. Well, pescatarian. Too. I eat fish. Where'd you grow up? Uh, Queens, the first 10 years of my life, and then Cincinnati, Ohio. 
It's a shift. It is. My dad, I've never forgiven him. What happened? He moved. His job got transferred. So at 10, I couldn't really, I didn't have much of a say. So And was that hard, changing, I mean, massive environmental change? Even at 10, I knew it was a mistake, right? Like, you don't know much when you're a kid. But at 10, I was like, Dad, this can't be a good look, (laughs) right? And then I noticed a big difference, like, with, like, uh, racism and stuff like that, because you know, in New York, everyone's a mix of everything. In Cincinnati, it's like black or white, and so and are, I'm are in between. Both my parents are mixed with black and Native American and oh, white. In- so, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You win the lottery. I know, right? That's good for you. <laughs> and and so when you were, is that when you had to, to establish yourself in a new school in a midwestern city? Did you start the comedy then to keep no. the kids at bay? <laughs> Well, you know, I think I got I think I got funny early on when I was still in New York because I always felt like left out because I, I didn't look like I looked like my family, but I'm like the lightest one in my family. So I always felt like the one like the the black the white sheep. You I guess the, I you, should you were say. the white sheep. I was the white sheep. Yeah, yeah. How, how awful. <laughs> it is especially these days. <laughs> right, it is. <laughs> oh my god, it's the worst thing you can be. <laughs> right, right, especially when you have all this great pedigree behind you right i'm like come on guys i'm so diverse (laughs) i knew what was going to happen i was ready for it and uh where you live now i'm here i'm in la yeah i'm I'm in la another shift how's that been for you um amazing like i've been out here for years now and it was kind of a smooth transition i I knew that i wanted to do i didn't know that i wanted to do stand-up when i moved out here but i knew i wanted to write for television i knew i wanted to act and then i just kind of fell into stand-up are you doing some writing I am writing. Yeah, I always write. Yeah, for anything I, that's on the air now. Or? Um, not right now. I've written some pilots uh, that I don't think any of them have gotten picked up at this point, but sold to network, but then not got picked up. It, it, <laughs> it, but it is it is a little bit of the um, in addition to your pedigree. It's a golden age of female writers in it television, is. especially it is. especially comedy. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and for so, sure. I mean, this is the time. It is the time. Yeah, I need to, I need to just write that on my resume. I'm you know, a my woman. Hire me. My daughter's sort of is a, sort of she's very much of a writer, and I keep saying she wants to write. Book, you know, and fiction and stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. like come, come on, write for television. Right time. for TV. It's time. This is good. How does that translate? Like, I don't know. Like, I know for, like, I look at books and I'm like, I could never do this. Yet I'm she writing scripts. It. She can do both? No, I don't know. She can do the books. She could do the books. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't. I look at that. It seems very daunting. Daunting and. and how do you support yourself doing that? That's my question. I, how do I support myself doing stand-up? I have no idea. Well, that's easy. <laughs> you just be good. You do, but it's still even... Look, I've been good, all right? And right. I've just been able to support myself that's what I'm just saying. doing stand-up for the that's, past, like, two years. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right? So it just takes a minute. There's get, a lot of, like, hustles you have to do until you can... Uh, other people believe in you. And, and was that about getting... Is that, like, I'm dying up here, that, that whole... Did you watch that series? Um, I watched the first season. I didn't watch is, the is second. Is it like that for you? Or I mean, I, obviously, that was a very stylized and time... You yeah. Know. No, I mean, I think some of it was kind of accurate, but, you know, it's for... It's a tel- they made it for TV. But what I'm asking is, when you're saying you have to go through some shit to establish... Oh, of course. What, what, is that, what does that mean? I mean the open mics. Yeah. You're doing, like... <laughs> I mean, I'm complaining about doing shows and not getting paid. Meanwhile, just earlier this week, I did, I did a, sh- a show outside and didn't get paid. That, so it never that, really that, goes away. Wasn't that tonight? <laughs> tonight and the other and okay. Wednesday, I did this it, twice. It yeah, but luckily these are both cost. for charity. Good they cost. were both for charity. Yeah, yeah. Um, but back, yeah, what, coming up and doing open mics where you're performing in front of like I've performed in hallways before. I performed in you know bars, coffee shops. It just we we don't say no to right. anything. So you know, it's all part of it. So what's the future? What do you think? Um, You're sort of crystal ball. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have my own television shows, multiple. That you'll be writing. Writing, starring in, and producing. Nice. Yes. And what kind of, what is the premise? Oh, well, one, I can't, I don't want to tell my idea. I (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to give my idea. 
A wacky multi ethnic. No, but look, I just look. Picture. I call myself the Black Tina Fey. So like, it's a, like kind of like I like the style of Thirty Rock. Nice. Yes. It's, it's a, again. It's, that sounds very like now. Like it is very now, that, and it's yeah. like the the idea that I have is very like uh, the way the socio political climate is going right Perfect. now with like Perfect. yeah 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 and and, a, and, a, and you have all the background to write something like that right I, I mean, do oh, I can't wait <laughs> I how exciting do thank you yeah and it could make a difference will you too. make a cameo in it done done and done I mean <laughs> because I think it sounds like it's going to be socially like it funny is. but worth it you it know, really like, is I mean I want to tell you more but I really don't want to I really I feel like someone right, might we gotta steal turn these mics idea. off we gotta yeah, turn no. the mics off I want to hear more about this so. All right, and we've got that Facebook's got to go too. So, all right, we'll wrap this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear more about it. Candace Thompson, everybody, look for Thanks you. For oh, give us all your all your social uh, media. Social uh, you can find me at, on social media jokes by Candace, and that's C A N D I C E. Um, CandaceThompsonComedy.com for all my shows, and I also have a podcast that you can listen to on all platforms called The Struggle with Candace Thompson. Awesome, well done. Thank Good you, Doctor. Pleasure. Jessica Wellington. Hey, welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited. Uh, it's good, right? This yeah. is fun. It's good. Did you have fun on the set? Uh, it was so much fun. I didn't even, I didn't know I was going to be going up. And then they were like, hey, you're going to cold open. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Outdoors with people milling around. Right. And I was like, I'm down. Let's do it. Absolutely. Because I'm just you. here, you know, I work for the comedy store and I'm a comedian there and we're selling merch. So I brought you a hat. Oh, thank you. God damn it. That's awesome. <laughs> fantastic. I'll be wearing this. Fantastic. Yes. And uh, so tell me more. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you, what's your... Well, I'm from North Carolina originally uh, and Florida. You, hunt, you sort of sigh when you say, oh. oh I have such a past. What happened? This is going to be a session. Uh, I was in the Air Force for six years. No kidding. Yeah. What'd you do? Ammo. Wow. Yeah. Ammo like engineer or ammo like... Like we build, test, stores into the flight line and account for all munitions and... Was it over here or did you have to go travel for that? I was in uh, Vegas and two years in England and I did some time in Iraq and Qatar. Everything cool? I mean, I'm here. Yeah. (laughs) Was it an okay experience? Yeah. I mean, I actually really had a good time when I went overseas. Were you already doing comedy at that point or is that... No. I didn't start until after. I didn't know regular people could do comedy. How'd that happen to you? I came to help a friend in Sacramento and then came to a show and realized they had an open mic and uh, classes. And I said, you mean anybody can do this? This is a skill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I a, had no idea. It's fun, right? It's, it's amazing. I love it. What, I, what, is your, what do you hook onto in your comedy? I definitely talk about my background, white trash. Um, Susan, what another white trash? <laughs> <laughs> oh, two more white trash. <laughs> Yeah, they were like, that's what we got to do. But you were in southern white trash, though. Southeastern white trash. Yeah, yeah, it's a little yeah. different kind of white trash. It is. Yeah. It absolutely is. And, then I, you know, now it's just fun to be able to own up to it and move past it and, and just have fun with it. Like, yeah. screw it. My, my friend Theo Vaughn is... Uh, makes I love a, Theo. He makes a whole career off of yeah, exactly yeah. this, right? He does. You never uh, sold um, hamsters out of the back of a truck like he did? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, there are things I talk about, like, I used to breed rats. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Nutria or like regular rat? Regular. Yeah, but did you breed rats? No, we didn't intentionally breed them. You had a rat growing up? See, look at that. She had a a rat. A mouse or a rat? They're really friendly. Igor. Igor. You know this about my wine. How did you. (laughs) Jessica, what the fuck? Thank you for bringing that out, by the way. You're welcome. Igor. See? They're sweet. They really are. And but a lot of mine were used for snake food too, so oh, I feel bad. Okay, well, 
Your snake was more important part of your right. your, your menagerie. <laughs> well, when you live in the southeast, and you get the reptiles. Well, this is actually was in England. I had the snakes, and what they were in England. Oh. This is when you were in the Air Force? Three to oh five or something like that? Oh two to oh five? This is Air Force. Five? Yeah. And your name is very British. I know. My full name is Jessica Blair Wellington. Oh, my God. How did that happen in North Carolina? My, my mom saw some soap opera. Ah, okay. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Check. Check. Exactly. And uh, are you people, your people in this country for a long, 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 long time kind of thing? Or is it something? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know. You don't go so. from Wellington to white trash without a few generations in between. Right. Right? <laughs> Pretty much. We've been here a while. That's good. Yeah. So what's up for you? What's the future? Well, I was actually just in the movie The Mule with Clint Eastwood. Oh, I want to see that. I'm really excited. Yeah. You've seen it? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I went, yeah, I went right away. How oh, great. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited about that. And I do a podcast called The Liars Club with Felicia Michaels. She's one of the first um, women to get past at the comedy store. To She's get- back, back in the 80s. She was here, you know. She was uh, on... Star Search, Shades When I Say This, and uh, Full House. Yeah, I love her to death, and we do a podcast together. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. It's a big deal. Yeah. Jessica Wellington, everybody. Thank, Thank you so you much for being here. Appreciate it. Oh, can I say the podcast? Yes. Say it's it called again. The Liars Club, and you can follow uh, me at, at Jess Wellington 2, please. Jess Wellington 2 and at The Liars Club. And at The Liars Club 1. Done and done. Jesus Trejo, everybody, actor, comedian. Uh, you've been all over the place. Roastmasters, Invitational. Yeah. And I saw your, your bit a little bit. Um, deep in the pot humor, which yeah. I dig. Yeah, a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm new to weed, man. I, uh, I, I, started, I, I started smoking weed when it became legal because I wanted to do it the right way. Sure. You know, didn't want to disappoint so. my mom too much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm new to this and I'm trying to find what it is. I'm sticking with CBD for the time being. And? What do you, how do you find it? It's great. I... Um, I've, I've never heard my heartbeat and felt it on my rear end before. It's like, whoa, is that real? I, I tried CBD, too, and it, it made me sleep and then wake up. Great. It was not, not good. That's like, a win. Like, That's a no, win. No, no. It was like sleep for an hour and then wake up and then wake up and then wake up. Oh, wow. So, okay. I, so my next move is, like, honey, try this. Yeah. And then she had panic attacks. Oh, hilarious. So it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. Yeah, the panic attacks I can go without. That's why I kind of stick with the CBD. That's what we're talking arena. about, yeah, CBD. Yeah, I just stick Which there. I was surprised that we got that from CBD. How, how much did you use? Uh, just a couple little hits, you know, a little like, off the pen. Like the, oh, you're smoking. Yeah, 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 smoking it, uh-huh. but also the drops, too, are, like are, are the, pretty cool. The helps. drops are like 20 milligrams, right? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. safe, you know, but I think anything else, you're like, you're on your own, buddy. No, I know, and we don't have any idea what the consequence of all this stuff is. We have no, I mean, me, the physicians yeah. of the world, we have no fucking idea whether it's good, bad, going to be helpful. I, I, there's, we, we're hoping, we're thinking it's going to be helpful, but nobody really knows. Yeah, nobody really knows. I think weed right now, it's where cigarettes were back in the day, where oh, physicians were, were smoking it in the office. Right, like camel. Uh, camel. Yeah, camel. Right. <laughs> I recommend camel to my patients. <laughs> but they're, they, in fact, Marlboro just bought a whole big weed company. I saw that. Yeah. I, I saw that. Uh, Marlboro invested like, what, one point some billion? billion? I knew, I said it, I've said it forever, that, that, the, that the new tobacco is going to be weed. Yeah, and there it is. I mean, it's um, it's interesting interesting to see what what direction it goes, you know. But um, yeah, I'm. Where are you from? Long Beach, born and raised. Oh, the LBC. Yeah, LBC, born and raised. And I'm, you managed not to smoke pot. Yeah, you weird, know, huh? Yeah, weird. And now I'm I'm doing it now. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing, man? Do you know who Fred Stoller is? 
No. Comedian used to be in it. Everyone loves Raymond all the time. Oh, yes, the cousin yes, yes, yes. With the kind of funny voice. Uh-huh. He got into weed late in life. Yeah. He's doing way too much of it, though. I got into it because of the like my joints. So joints for joints, I guess. But Is it helping? Uh, yeah. It, 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 it helps to sleep. Yeah. Uh, kind of right. shut off the brain. You know, that's... That's, That's what helps problem. with me. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Have you always been doing stand up or do something else in your life? Um, I, I, I've been doing it for 11 years now. Good for you. Um, I started at the comedy store. I parked cars there, uh, mopped the floors. Good for you. Sat people. I did everything in that building. Just to be able to get up on that stage. Just to get my glorious three minutes, which I could barely get through. And now, you know, I have four minutes. So yeah, not well, I saw you on stage. You, you, you have a presence. I mean, you command it. That's very good, sweet. Good Thank for you, you, man. How long have you been, how long have you been doing that? Um, 11 years. I'm full time yeah. since. Uh, uh, 2012. I got passed at the store uh, September travel, 7th, 2012. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had the pleasure of traveling and you know going around and you know doing one nighters here and there and featuring for a bunch of them. What's coming? Comments. What's coming up for you? Um, I I'm I'm, I'm going to be at the Brett Improv for New Year's featuring for Bert Kreischer. Oh my God! Yeah, I'm so, so sorry. Bert's a friend of mine. <laughs> and uh, have you spent time with Bert? Yeah, yeah. I've been on the road uh, with uh, Bert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, quite I, a dude, bit. Dude, uh, you survived that. No wonder you're smoking pot now. <laughs> Oh my God! So, yeah, I'm not quite a drinker, so the, it's like, you know. yeah. What are you gonna do with him? You gotta do something. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. machine says party. You gotta party. <laughs> you got to. Oh man. my God! All right. Well, listen. Congratulations. And hey, I'll, thank I'll you so much. For you with uh, Bert. You've been on his podcast? Or? Uh, no, not yet. All not right. yet. Hopefully Tell one day. Pleasure to meet you, right, man. Nice to meet you. Jesus. This is Trey. Stephen Allen Green, everybody. So welcome. Thank you very much, so, Doctor Drew. Oh, now is an accent back again? Yes, of course. And you've got the the Procostuma that. Uh, Oh, what was the fame? Terry, Terry Thomas, Thomas don't, had. Don't raise the bridge, lower the river. <laughs> I only got to know him as a kid in the, the mad, 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 yes. mad world. Which, by the way, has what significance trivially in terms of Hollywood cinemas? Hold on. Uh, it was the first to be shown in the Cinerama Dome? Boom. It was the very first film in the Cinerama Dome? 1963. I saw it in the Cinerama so Dome. So did I. It's crazy. Yes. And the big deal was the fire truck scene made you feel like you were moving, and yes. they made a big deal out of that. Because they had three... Three cameras. Three cameras. I thought um, How the West Was Won was the first. Mm, Maybe. Mm, mm. But at, at, no, it's in a It was a premiere. Anyway, you win. I don't don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But uh, they told me you have benefited from some of the services rendered by the Comedian Assistant Fund. Uh, I have indeed. Uh, I'm very humbled, uh, but I'll bounce back from that. Um, uh, Yes. um, Basically... um, a long and the short of it is you to have everything lost everything mm. success in England and you know and um, so you you were successful in England and you came here came back here I was came 10 years here. at the comedy store got it from 81 to 91 I was a house MC. I lived at the house I wrote comedy for people that must have been Went on the a road. crazy time right? it was insane uh, it was really insane that was prior and, and Robert yeah, I was Williams an MC. And, brought them all on oh my god and did you talk to them backstage and stuff yeah too? a little bit I wasn't the one that hung out with Pryor because there was always um, he had a, a pretty he's scurious as they would say a pretty prickly well he can be yeah. I, I did I happened to do a game show with Burt Reynolds that day oh. and I remember there was a picture of Burt and Pryor and Robin on stage at the comedy store so during the commercial break I said to Burt Reynolds you know there's a picture of you with Robin we mentioned he goes yeah I remember that he goes, I said why don't you come down tonight because Pryor's working out because back then at the comedy store, if you brought a big celebrity, it kind of added to your, you know, your, your cachet, cred, your, your cred. cred, exactly. So he says, I can't but say hi. So Pryor's on stage, cut to him, the comedy store, Pryor's on stage. He finishes, he walks out, and I'm sidling along, and I say, hey, I did this game show, and, Rich, and Burt Reynolds says, hi, so hi from Burt Reynolds, and can I be blue on your radio? Yeah, thing? yeah. And Pryor says, uh, yeah, well, 
tell Burt Reynolds to suck my dick. <laughs> that sounds like Brown. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then he, then he said, tell him to suck my dick twice. And, you know, I felt like, okay, I'll never do that again, whatever that was, you know. His stuff, I, I, I'm preoccupied with him because I feel like his stuff was poetry. I still feel like it, it stands out. Well, the way you, yeah, absolutely right. And in the room, it was truly like watching Ginsburg doing Howl at the Albert Hall every single night. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, <clears throat> I remember kind of feeling sorry for anybody with that amount of talent because uh, it's just, you can see them dealing with being treated like a god huh. and, and, and uh, knowing that they're you know, as fallible as anybody and probably more so in ways that most people wouldn't understand. Right, that's what gives them that, that whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. And so you went to England and what did you do over there? Uh, I became semi-famous hmm. over there. Um, I immediately hit the ground running. Um, people thought I was brilliant. They come up to me afterwards and say, I saw your show. You were brilliant. This is comedy. Comedy. Yeah. In the clubs. And then, of course, they'd invite me to tea, and the next day, they'd, someone would hold up a tea and go, this tea is brilliant. So it's kind of like, oh, I see. <laughs> I like <laughs> right? the tea. Yeah, I like the tea. Everything's brilliant. Uh, but I just found it much more, first of all, the age thing. I went over there, I think, in my late 30s or early 40s, and... Uh, there were comics on the circuit that were in their 70s. There were uh, also, because I had a guitar and I worked the crowd and I did everything from jokes to characters and all kinds of stuff from my influences, there were no rules over there. Uh. There were double acts. There were tranny, tranny acts. There were character acts. There was magic comedy acts. And there were stand-ups. And then being the American, I had the cachet. Uh. So a lot of the audience and media... Through the America, they knew nothing about America other than Jerry Springer that played over there and uh, Bill Clinton. Not Bill, yeah, Bill Clinton and George Bush the second when he was president. Mm. And I just saw a completely different culture. I even had national health care just because I became a citizen. You ever see a national health care card? I have. Yeah. So that was the coolest when I got my job working at the BBC on the Fred McCauley show on Radio Scotland. Um, they wanted to pay me, and they said, what's your national insurance number? And oh. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, wow. I know, it blew my mind. Yeah. And uh, why'd you leave? Well, um, I, I lost my home. Mm. And, I, and what I mean by that is I, I didn't get so drunk I couldn't find my way home. Uh, I mean, uh, I overinvested with it. I lived in Notting Hill, so when that movie came out, Every six months, someone would offer me a lot of money just to, you know, and I wanted to make a movie, which I did. And I produced a big show, three of them, uh, the last one at the London Palladium for a drug and alcohol charity launched by Princess Diana. Wow. Yeah. Because my act was about being addicted. I tell the audience to get high in your laughter. And so it was my last show. I'd play act with them. And then when I got to England, somehow I connected with Turning Point Scotland and met... 15-year-old Glaswegians who had a real drug problem, mm-hmm. you know, by proximity. Mm-hmm. And I also reflected back to how desperate I was in my early days. And a lot of people, that, that stage was a high, and yep. they were addicted to it. Yep. And, and you, know, uh, you know, there have been casualties along the way. I don't know how I survived, but I did. And uh, I, it was like going through the looking glass. So I... I saw that where, you know, in, in ironic ways, there was more freedom of speech for me in England because they will listen. And as long as you get to a point, they won't kill you. Right. <laughs> That's it, really. That was uh, Alexis de Tocqueville's point when he came over here to examine us in 1835. 
we, we claim to have all this freedom, but in fact, we're least free of speech, especially these days. Well, these days, I don't know what the yeah. hell's going on. So you came back here and yeah. then started to struggle, and this yep. fund has been helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, because uh, whilst <laughs> I couldn't, you know, I didn't walk into the comedy store nine years ago and say, I'm Stephen Allen Green, give me spots. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know if I wanted spots. You know, I didn't know. I, I knew it was a new time has moved on. Yeah. Um, That's got to be weird. Come back to the U.S. and it's like, now I've got a, another new country. You, well, there's that. Yeah. Because my, literally, I learned to speak and communicate in Brit, British English, which, as you probably know, is very different mm-hmm. than American English. I was getting into tr- all kinds of trouble with people. I was in New York getting into a cab and there was somebody already in the cab. I was opening the door and I went, Oh, sorry. You know, as you do in England, this guy gets out. You know, what are you? What are you fucking sorry for? I'd beat your fucking head. In. You know, it's like, are you, wait a minute. Wow. I, I'm, you know, it was a lot of miscommunication or little things. Like my, my girlfriend was picking me up. I was at the therapist in Westwood, and I said, "Where are you parked?" She said, "Below Wilshire." We don't use that. Mm-hmm. We don't use below or above. We, yeah. we being English. Yeah. Um, so I thought I just imagined for a moment her car was underground. I was <laughs> oh, underneath what the street. What the hell? Below Wilshire Boulevard. So I found the struggle a little bit hard, and I had just produced this thing and lost my home. Oh. Uh, because you invested money in the thing. Yeah. Oh. Well, I invested more than I thought I would. That oh. was there was three elements. I had real estate and a, uh, a family backing and then all the money I made in England and I would come back and I'd see comics languishing at the bar mostly at the improv where there was a bar and you know that were really good at H- HBO specials and I said hey here's a ticket come to Scotland come to London and I'll put you on stage and I got a few of them on television and uh, I just saw like what it did for me, which was, you know, I was the biggest joke when I left here. I, you know, I, I just burned bridges without realizing it or, or whatever was going on. And over there, suddenly I'm just a working class comic, which is only what I wanted to be and get to work the crowd and people call you for gigs. And then I, uh, I like I said, I worked for the BBC and I would also represent America sometimes uh, at the... I think it's called the ICA. It's near the palace. It's uh, international media about America. I was spokesman for America for a while. Mm. Once did a show. Do you ever hear of the Ealing comedies, you know, with uh, Alec Guinness and Peter Sellers? Not really. You know those guys, those right? Guys, of course, right? Yeah. So the Ealing comedies, uh, the same director, I think it was Michael Crichton, or it's a Crichton guy who directed A Fish Called Wanda, was the director back then. And so there was a comedy club there called Ha Bloody Ha. And... You know, the MC would be like, all right, come to the stage right now, all the way over from America. Please welcome Mr. Stephen Allen Green. You know, and I'd come and, you know, there would be this 150 people in this, crammed in this pub theater. Because all the theaters, all the pubs had theaters. So that's, there were 200 comedy rooms in London. And uh, so I was on stage and trying to do my act, and I got started to get heckled with, you know, what's America ever given the world? And I'd have to hit back a joke. What about Vietnam? Hit back with a joke. But there was always this American... I didn't know I was an American until I got there. That's my point, Drew. How are things now? Personally? Yeah. Better. Good. I want to thank the fund. I want to talk okay, about the fund. Let's talk, because that's, well, that's what this is about. Yes. Sorry. Um, so basically, uh, I've been making... You know, uh, trying to find my feet again. And I've been... I, the most wonderful day job in the world is driving Uber. I love it. And I write for comics. I'm writing for a comic... Uh, well, I'm not going to say, but I'm running for comics and I'm doing cool. some stand-up. And, right. But I need the daily money, right? Yeah. So um, 
that was the Uber. So I, my credit was shot, couldn't have, didn't have a step, living off cash, couldn't get a car. And I was out of a job and out of a car at the same time, hmm. which nine years ago put me in a very dangerous position because I was in a very tall building. Did the fund help you with this? The fund absolutely helped me. Right. And, I and it was available f- nine years ago? No, it helped ah. me recently. Oh, recently, okay. So I'm actually getting the car on Monday. Congratulations. Thank you. And I got a whole story next time, another time, about looking for a car through Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace and the you know, dealers and everything. But I tried to start something called the Laughter Foundation to help comedians. I wanted this. I'm so it seems happy. seems like there's needed to be a grassroots thing. And it's, of course, the, yeah. laugh, the comedy club has finally done it. So it's, I'm so it's, yeah. grateful. It's ironic I'm, get, I'm, be, I'm benefiting from it. Yeah. But um, I'm so grateful for it because uh, one thing I did say to them was, uh, to Alicia, who's my, my caseworker, I said, you know, I'll, of course I'll accept this money, but really only if we can have therapists available to comedians because nine years ago a therapist saved my life and so I contacted my old therapist and that's part of the deal we're going to try to make therapists part available of the deal. exactly and, and one day maybe you'll be supporting this fund in some way you know what I mean well I have plans works. on that too cool alright thank you so much man Steven, thank you Dr. Thank Drew you, appreciate it very, very much Hey, the great Brody Stevens in here. How are you, buddy? Enjoy it. Feeling great, You're Dr. Drew. Well. I haven't seen you in years. We haven't been face-to-face. We've been like circling in the same waters, but not sitting eyeball-to-eyeball for a while. <laughs> not for a few years, a at least. A few years. You've lost some weight. You look like you're in good shape. I walk. I take apple cider vinegar, iodine drops. I think thin. Work my posture. <laughs> Everything good? <laughs> Otherwise? Yeah. So, yeah. what are you I'm working excited. On? Comedy. Stand-up. I've been going on the road with David Spade. He's on the show Spade's here tonight. Spade's here tonight, yeah. Yeah. So, we've been... Uh, Traveling all over the country, this you and Spain all over the country. It's sort of an image I can't get out of my head. It's a lot of uh, outback steakhouses, yeah. <laughs> uh, yard house. Uh, we, you know, he's a, he, but he's a great guy. Yeah. You know, you get to see how, you know, how he is with the flight attendants and and the waiters and all that stuff. And it's like it's a legit thing. So he's a gentleman. Yeah, good. I mean. It's always, yeah, I see it firsthand. Right. And you, 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 you always hear good things about David, and then you see it, and you go, I can see why. He always has a group around him, too, because everyone likes to be around him. There's a group of friends that hang. He's got a crew, yeah. and uh, I think I'm in that crew now. Oh, now you're part of it. Wow, yeah. congratulations. I'm one degree separated from Sandler. I'm have, trying to get into that. Yeah, good luck. You know, have, the, 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 Sandler's one that determines that one, I think. Not yeah. David. Is, is it, uh, how did you guys get together? Uh, just actually I'm doing shows at the comedy store, but before that, uh, we were on a Fox fantasy football show. So on Fox sports and I worked at Fox sports for many years doing the audience warmups on best damn sports show and right. then the NFL show. And so David was over there and then George Greenberg, the producer, he called me and boom, boom, boom. And so I knew Nick Swartzen, who was on the show. So it was just a... How, I haven't talked to Nick in a couple years either. Is he okay? Everything good? Yeah, Nick's... I see him on Twitter. He's always following the Minnesota Vikings around. Yes. And he's doing theater shows and all that. And your life? What's going on? Anything like interesting? Um, relationships? Not real. Where'd, where'd you grow up? I grew up in the San Fernando Valley. Oh. 818 till I die. Yes. Born at Kaiser, Panorama City. Panorama City. Yeah. Is that where you grew up? I grew up in Tarzana. Tarzana. Yeah. So I spent time... In Tarzana, and now I'm in. I can't. I'm in North Hollywood area, but I, I'm loyal to the valley because the valley gets it. It keeps me grounded. Corolla grew up in the valley, so I had I was regaled with North Hollywood stories. You know, all these years working with him. Yeah, he went to North Hollywood High School. So did my father, and he's um, got that the Taco Bell that Adam always talks about right what? there on uh, Magnolia. Say that again. The Taco Bell. That's you, his. 
Well, no, he doesn't he talk about it all yes, the time? Yes, all the time. Oh, sure. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's an iconic taco bell. Oh, yes, of course. But I've been doing Del Taco, actually. Del Taco doesn't get enough credit. It's for good food. For good food. Yep. They're open 24 hours. Mm-hmm. They have French fries. Nothing better than their bean burritos. Nothing better than a, a bean burrito. For like 99 cents. 99 cents. They have fish tacos, actually, which are pretty tasty. I wasn't expecting to talk about Del Taco menu tonight, but thank you. Okay. It's bringing it. Uh, and in the Valley, uh, did you go to North Hollywood High, too, or you went to? My father went to North Hollywood. I went to Reseda. My mother went to Fairfax. That's the, the Jewish triangle. I was going to say, so you're Jewish. I was born Jewish, raised Gemini. So you're Jewish. Yes. Jewish. Jewish. I feel Jewish. Jew adjacent. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I am. Right. I, I, I mean, my parents were, my family, they're involved in it. I just didn't go through the Hebrew school and the... And the Torah and all that stuff, I just kind of strayed a little bit. Did, were they, did they expect you to or want you to? Um, I, I don't know. I think my mom may have wanted me to, and my father, he was kind of like a, a lone wolf. Is your mom still like urging you to marry a nice Jewish girl and this sort of thing? Is she, or has she given up on that a long time ago? She would just want me to be with anybody at this point. Jewish or not? Jewish or not. Male, preferably female. 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 She not, wants female. Not male. She's, but that wouldn't be cool with her. I mean, she would accept she wants it, grandkids. I guess. She wants grandkids, I guess. Well, still, you can do that these days. But she's 87, you know. Oh. So she's got a dog. Oh. <laughs> Your dad's still around? My father passed in 1997. So a while ago. It's been a while. So he was young. He was 63 when Cancer? he passed. Heart issues. Heart. Have you kept... Pace on that yourself? You're watching out for that? Yeah. I mean, that's why I walk. That's why I try to have, not get worked up and have anger issues. You need to do this thing called color.com. It's a website. It's a, for $200, they check your genetics and things that they, they can really determine things that put you at excessive risk for certain kinds of cancer and heart disease. And it determines the screening procedures you should go through. Like I have to have colonoscopies every freaking year. Really? I thought you only get one when you're 50 and not, you're good. Not, no. Well, it's every 7 to 10 at 50 for everybody, but I have something called Lynch Center been turned out, which is an Ashkenazi Jew thing. There you and go. it's a DNA repair mechanism abnormality, and now I've got to get colonoscopies every year. And my, stun, my sons have to start at 25. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you, might, you, want, to, you want to do this. I'm telling you, you want to do it. Because so your dad a, died at a young age. You want to check that out. Yeah, 63, yeah. but my mother's 87. No, I get it. We just we want to make screen for that 63-year-old part. Just make sure there's not something you should be screened for more aggressively. You have a promo code for it? She, she does, actually. My wife does. I, I did uh, Ancestry.com. It's, this is different. This is for the 30s, really kind of cancer screening and some heart disease things. Cancer. So, okay, yeah, I'll try it. I think you should. That's all I'm saying. It's good. Well, Brody, thank you so much. Good luck tonight. I'm excited. Thank you. And we'll see you out here on the show. You You got it. We're joined now by uh, LCSW Naomi Rota. Is that right? Rada? Rada, 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 Nice to meet you. From the Motion Picture and Television Fund, responsible for oversight program development for the MPTF's community-based social service programs. How does it... uh, You have to talk right directly into this thing. Okay. How does that serve comedians? Uh, well, in April of this year, the Comedy Store uh, decided that they wanted to uh, provide direct social services to comedians. Now, we used to, I used to work for an organization called the Musicians Assistance Program, uh-huh. MAP, and uh-huh. it's now known as Music, Music Cares, Cares, right? Yes. And the, I've always said the musicians community had always done this grass, this amazing grassroots, uh, I wouldn't call it an effort, they actually executed this amazing program where we treated thousands of people who, who had ever made a living 
with music, mm-hmm. with drug addiction. And mm-hmm. that was, there was some else in mental health services, but it was primary. Alicia's coming in too. Have a seat, Alicia. This is, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, that's now. This is Alicia. That's Alicia. And yes, you're Naomi. Naomi. That's right. Alicia, yes. say hi. We just started talking about the organization and what, uh, what's going on for the comedians. And how did, who got this idea? And so how did, this was an idea. How's it been funded? Uh, and, sure. This is uh, an idea that was uh, Peter Shores, uh, really. I think, um, you know, after his mom passed away or he knew that she was becoming more and more frail and really wanted, uh, you know, Mitzi, Mitzi has always been kind of the mama bear of, you know, the seen, comedy world. If you've so. seen uh, Dying Up Here, that character sort of loosely based, based, based on Mitzi. Loosely, from yeah. what I'm told, yes. Um, and, uh, you know, the comedians are, are notoriously, uh, you know, living kind of marginalized, living on the fringes, you well, know, doing it for the for art's sake, you let's, know. Let's be clear about it, because actually, have, I have actually published literature on this. Uh-huh. I've studied, I, I get access to everybody, so I've actually published some literature. Higher incidence of mental illness, straight yes. up. So higher narcissism, and, higher, and, higher trauma, and higher subs- substance abuse. And substance yeah, issues. Absolutely. Yes. Way higher than the average population. Yes. Not way higher, but higher than the average population. Yes. So I, I was always wondering why there wasn't more of a grassroots effort to help them. So this is great. This is it, yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Peter and uh, some of the other leadership at the Comedy Store approached us. Uh, and How long ago? Uh, about April of this year. Well, I was going to say, it must be relatively recent. Yes, yeah, really you're recent. involved with Naomi in what sense? So I'm the designated social worker for the Comedy Store you're, Fund. And you're Naomi, an LCSW also? Or? I'm an MSW. MSW okay. So I'm supervised by Naomi. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Yes. So, so you're, Alicia's you're, so in the, the trenches. So you're the caseworker, essentially. Yes. yes. Essentially. How many cases do you carry? Um, it's been kind of slow to start. I think we've got about 10 active cases right now. How does somebody make a referral? Um, so we have a hotline. I can give out the number. Do you have to have made a living as a comedian? Is that the requisite? The um, eligibility requirement is that you have to have been a paid regular at the comedy store for at least two years. Well, yeah, um, the comedy store, only yeah, the comedy store. At stores. the comedy store, huh. mm-hmm. and you don't have right to be now, currently yes. working there. But this is the Motion Picture and Television Fund. So the Comedians Assistance Fund yeah. is a designated fund by the Comedy Store for comedians, but the Motion Picture and Television Fund is tradi- has traditionally served people in the motion picture and television industry. So all of our, you know... Is that SAG members? It's, it's uh, not just SAG. It's union and non-union. We, do, we have a lot of freelance people, non-affiliated people. So it's WGA, DGA, the IOTSE, SAG-AFTRA. But, but then, it's, it's unionized folk. Uh, most, I'm, I'm, it's, if it's you're not in the union, right. how would they pay for the services, I guess, the better question. There is no charge for services. If somebody needed um, six weeks of inpatient treatment, how would that get done? Well, if they don't have insurance, we would and be, they're if not we, union, right? If they don't have insurance and they don't have, um, we would be referring them out to to any like a place like Tarzana Treatment Center or CryHelp or you know, you a place that had uh, county fun, county funded. But would you be getting yes. them Medi-Cal, helping them get yes, it? Yes, we would. Okay, so they, that's how we do. We it. You help them get Medi-Cal. We're social workers, you know. Yeah, for yeah, all. Yeah. Right. So. Well, you understand that there's still there's a lot of people flapping in the breeze out there. For sure. Which is crazy. Sure, Especially absolutely. now, I can't tell you how many times I meet people sit at the computer and buy health insurance that they can easily afford. And we actually have a brilliant um, insurance broker. Um, we actually have a division called MPTF Insurance Services, and she enrolls people. She's enrolling people right now for the ACA. She's still, I think today was the last day for Medicare December open 15th, enrollment. This is it. Actually, I think for California, it's January uh, mm. 15th, yes. 
So uh, anybody that needs insurance can, online, can call us. There's a lot of online buzz about December 15th, so we got to push the... Right. Push it back for California. Then. Yes, That's true, yeah. yes, but you, um, we actually uh, have a hotline for her, and anybody that needs insurance can call her. As so well. we have this uh, recent case where they're questioning whether or not they're going to continue the ACA. Well, mm-hmm. How is that going to affect California? Do you think? Well, you know, California is, is as as one of the more progressive states. Um, I think there is commitment um, to continue the ACA in no some what. form. No I don't know what, what form yeah. it will That's take, but uh, yes, I, I think. I have a feeling you may have a kind of a Kaiser-like system at some point mm-hmm. uh, in California. It'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, anything particular issue you're interested in your work? Um, I mean, just from... You know, the clients and comedians I've worked with so far, I'm just noticing how resilient they all are and how motivated they all are. And as you said, they've, you know, there's still a lot of people flapping in the breeze out there and they've made it this far. And I'm just happy that there's finally a support system for them to access. Yeah, I don't think they know about it. That's why I'm That's why I'm we're fascinated here. Fascinated <laughs> to talk to you guys. That's why we're all trying to raise money tonight for this, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yes. so this this will help fund whatever services are necessary mm-hmm. uh, for those that maybe don't have the union or you know whatever. Yes. Um, so we're doing direct financial assistance uh, around basic living expenses and sh- getting people on insurance, medical care, things like that. Um, and it's also um, helping to cover um, the cost of Alicia's salary. So that she ha- can how is it funded presently? The comedy store is given us funding as a fund. They have set aside like a special fund, and Mm -hmm. then they're and then they're trying to do fundraising on top of that. I imagine, which is this what we're doing tonight. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, excellent. Very cool. I mean, it's it's a big deal. It's it's challenging work. I'm sure. Uh, Is there any limitation on how much services you can render given a given patient? Um, I mean, it does depend based off of. Uh, how much the client is making, whether they're employable or not. Um, there is a lifetime maximum, um, but it varies from case to case. And we are not only providing financial assistance, but we're providing case management. I mean, many cases don't involve financial assistance at all. It's mostly just helping people access benefits that they're already entitled to. Oh, interesting. Um, or just educating them. And so you're not rendering individual psychotherapy necessarily? No, we it's would It's more refer- medical social worker stuff. And you're referring to the particular programs you refer to? Um, in regard to? Uh, mental health, substance? I mean, we have a lot of clients out of state as well, so I'll just really? do my best Crazy. to, yeah, find out what resources are around them. Yeah, yeah, they're, you know, a lot of comedians are on, they're on the road so yeah, much yeah. that sometimes it's hard to, you know, if they're calling us and three weeks out of the month they're, you know, on a cruise ship or yeah. on the road, you know, you have to kind of get them services where they are sometimes Oof. in the moment. Um, so That usually doesn't work very well, <laughs> having treated many, many, many of them. Yes. Uh-huh. So uh, that's challenging. Do you have any other challenges other than getting them to focus on their recovery? Um, yeah, I mean, there's always challenges. There's challenges getting past the, um, the comedy aspect of it. <laughs> a lot of people want to, you know, spitfire jokes right away and kind of getting people to focus on, um, you know, addressing issues or getting down to business can be troublesome sometimes. But as I said, it's, I think it's that resilience and the, the motivational aspect of it. We would really like to have more clients. We're hoping yeah, that this, I hope that you will. Because this certainly podcast need. And, and this festival will generate, you know, some awareness and some outreach. I think one of the bigger challenges that we've had is just, um, I don't know if, you know, obviously there's always stigma around accessing social services and mental health, and um, you know, I don't know if that if that in this particular case is a barrier or it's just it's an awareness more, issue. Yeah, but well, it's um, awareness because I, I wasn't aware of it. And I deal with tons of comedians, so mm-hmm. this is number one. Number two, it's it's denial and wanting to continue using or whatever it might be, and you mm-hmm. know they're 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 still 
as long as they still uh, are able to maintain their career objectives, they're fine, no matter how much misery there is in their life. So yeah. getting through that denial is difficult sometimes. Yeah, most of our um, clients have come in through word-of-mouth referrals or even things like Facebook, but I think this is the first time it's really being publicized, so I hope it... I'm a little, I'm a little confused about the diagnostic situation because so many of them have substance and bipolar disorder and trauma. Are you, are you referring specifically for those things, or are you, how's that work? Um, well, I, I think when people are coming to us, we're really looking at, you know, one of the sort of principles of social work is start where the client is. Mm-hmm. So if they're coming to us and they're at risk for being evicted, or, you know, they're coming to us and they're living in their car. So that's um, where they're coming. They're coming out of financial distress. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think oh, they're that, not coming because they're, so they come to me when they're mentally ill, not coming to you guys. Well, I'll be sending them to you. Trust me. You'll Great. Be from me. <laughs> Great. So. Yeah. So we're, we're, I mean, we're not... The primary focus isn't the clinical. Mm. Um, it's it's really meeting the basic needs. That that's what they're presenting with, the presenting problem. Mm. So underneath the presenting problem is then when we're getting into some of these other issues. Oh, interesting. So um, it's just so getting them in a living situation. Correct, mm. yeah. We're working yeah. on just sort of your basic stability first and then kind of getting through these other things. And I think... The majority of our clients have been a little on the older side as well. Yeah. And they're like yeah. 50s and up. So Yeah, kind of like before Social Security age, but just past working age, kind of in between there. Mm. Well, look out for the, the big three because believe me, there's lots of that there. So sure. Trauma, bipolar, and substance. That's, you know, mm-hmm. It's a very common thing. And, and in a way, you know, comedy and audiences are a bid to solve that problem. Except, guess what? Well, they the don't. They yeah. don't solve it. So, okay, well, good luck. Is there anything else you want people to know about the organization or about uh, where they should send uh, resources if they want um, to help out? Call or, us. Or future, future, where's the number? The, the number, number is 818-861-3939. 861-3939. 818-861-3939. Okay, guys, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, if you're dealing with addiction, finding treatment is uh, difficult. It's hard to navigate what's out there. The truth is every patient's needs are different and constantly evolving. I've had the pleasure of vetting True Recovery in Orange County. Uh, They realized, of course, that effective care can't be one-size-fits-all because they're reputable and they care about their patients. So, of course, they're going to be highly individualized. They have developed a comprehensive range of treatments that can address all the facets of drug and alcohol addiction. And True Recovery's master-level clinicians maintain small caseloads, allowing them to truly personalize their care and get involved on a connected level, which is what the key to recovery is. They offer individualized treatment plans from residential to outpatient. And again, always with the holistic approach and focus on accountability. Mm -hmm. As patients become ready, True Recovery offers assistance with life and coping skills, school and vocational coordination, as well as community reintegration support. We hear this all the time where people get recovery but then don't know how to live. They don't know how to get out into the world. True Recovery helps with that. I've spoken with True Recovery's medical director and was impressed with their range of therapeutic modalities and psychiatric services. This experienced team is well equipped to manage patients at all levels. To request information on how True Recovery can provide you with your personalized care or for that of one of your family members, go to drdrew.com slash true, T-R-U-E. That is drdrew.com slash true, T-R-U-E. Well, it's hard to believe a year has passed since one of the worst cold and flu seasons on record, but here we are again. So if you happen to catch a bug, uh, one thing every doctor will tell you is stay hydrated. Proper hydration eases a lot of the symptoms of many of these viral illnesses, and sports drinks, water alone, is not the issue. You need to be aggressive. You need something like Hydrolyte, full fluid replacement. Hydrolyte is this oral rehydration product you've heard me talking about. It's better than anything out there. It delivers the right balance of sodium, glucose, and water, providing up to four times the electrolytes sports drinks can offer, all with 75% less sugar. 
So think about that. It's like taking an IV by mouth. But my favorite thing is at the convenience. I'm always on the run, so I use the effervescent tablets. You just drop them in a water bottle or even a glass of water. I literally never leave home without them. No one in my family does, for that matter. And because Hydrolyte is appropriate for all ages, it's perfect for the little snowman amongst you when they come home from the school, perhaps sniffling. Hydrolyte comes in great flavors, orange berry and lemonade, available in a pre-mixed drink, a powder, or, like I said, those fizzy tablets. I love those. They go everywhere. Come in a little tube. Every package includes easy-to-follow dosing instructions. Order your supply today at hydrolyte.com slash drdrew. For a limited time, you can save 30%. We use the code at checkout, drdrew18. That's Dr. Drew18. So... Either click through on our banner at drdrew.com or go to hydrolent.com slash drdrew and then use that code, drdrew18. Our guest is Tom Segura. So you're good. Can you talk about the new endeavor? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, tell. We're just expanding. We're expanding uh, our podcast channel. Your mom's house is going to be an empire. Yeah. We're going to do empire. Con- we're going to try to do content like... Almost every day. It's your mom's empire. And one of our favorite things ever, and the, like, the audience's favorite thing ever, has been you basically, uh, we always react to videos, yes. and you react to us reacting <laughs> to videos. <laughs> and you basically point out that we are not completely healthy. Um, that's a kind way of saying it. Yeah. I was I, trying to I, find I'm, the... I'm like, I love you both, but I get very, very worried when I sit there listening to you guys and watching you guys. We it, have it, some new stuff that's really going to freak you out. Bad. Is it possible I could be more freaked out? I think so. It's rare that I get approached by people these days that somebody doesn't go, I love you on your mom's house. It's awesome, man. Which is crazy. Well, this is like the, the idea became like that you you were such a hit with the audience <laughs> that this is in a way, like it's your own thing, but it'll have a little bit of a companion uh, aspect to so, it. So let's be clearer. So yeah. I'm going to come on your empire. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start doing follow-on pieces, let's say. Yeah. Follow-on yeah. pieces to the stuff we do at your mom's house. That's right. But you'll also be, like, hopefully um, talking to some comics. Yes. Um, people basically, you know, we've, we've discovered whenever they meet you in person or they, they reach out to us about you, they're like, dude, like, Dr. Drew really has it together. I'm like, you mean a doctor has it together? <laughs> yeah, he does. And uh, we love that aspect of it, that, that we have access to somebody who's educated and articulate yet and, your uh, wife you people don't know christina p is tom's wife is constantly like literally mm, seven minutes doesn't go by before she goes uh-huh you're coming to the dark side you're coming to the dark yeah, side you're coming yeah. with us the dark side she loves it i don't know what she's talking about yet but it scares me every time she says that dude it's gonna be so fun we're so <laughs> excited for it you know i'm excited the, for you guys i'm excited for me i think we have it's gonna a new be space i think it's gonna be a lot of fun have we decided we're gonna call my piece um, I think we all well, we all liked some aspect of like what would Doctor Drew do something like yeah, that yeah, yeah. Or I thought what the fuck with Doctor Drew or what hey the hell? you're gonna curse on or here? what the hell with Doctor Drew would be good yeah I think what the hell that's like to me that? That, I like what the hell okay. because because that what the hell is what's in my head I mean, all the time while I'm watching you guys doesn't Marin have what the copy written or something uh, maybe <laughs> we can ask him tonight he's gonna be here he's, he's, I enough. just ran into him oh it's so funny but. Yeah, what it what? Would you call it the dark side? Dude, what about the dark side with Dr. Drew? I'm in. Dude, I like that a lot more actually. Or visit the dark side or on the dark side or yeah. just the dark side. The dark side with Dr. Drew? <laughs> people are gonna be like, what the fuck happened to that guy? And be like, you know how he used to keep people off drugs? Not anymore. Not since he met Tom Segura and Christina yeah. P. It all went he, down. He is a satanic worshiping cokehead now. It's so great. Exactly what is it? Just give me a hint of what I'm up for for the next uh, series the of next videos. Time you yeah. come in, um, we Just have give me a hint. well, we have somebody who um, we don't know if there's a psychotic episode, but they're definitely who are what towing the line of stalking. 
Um, yeah. And then we have... Um, Any we more... Just, I, I, every time I go, we got a guy that likes to visit pain clinics a lot. Oh, dude! <laughs> I, I, but I but I see dead people every time I go, and I see, and oh, oh yes, oh this guy uh, jumping out of a building, but oh, he lands oh, on a geez. trash can. Oh my god! And I don't think he's dead. I don't think he's dead. But I, but I also see surgery when these things happen. I, this that guy require... that dropped off that carved truck. I just thought, okay, yeah, open repair. There's a few guys that are definitely now having a, like assisted living situations, <laughs> but they are still they're still really funny videos. Yeah. yeah okay, now that that right there summarizes the whole thing <laughs> with you. Which is these people. Lauren yes. Savant just walked in, my coach from KBC. Tom oh. Segura just said, "Say it again." There are people who ended up in assisted livings, <laughs> but. They're still really funny videos. It's hilarious. Yes. And I just sit there with my, just like feeling so uncomfortable for the people we're watching and for Tom and Christina. The best thing is that we had a, a guest in recently who, um, as I was watching him watch videos, I go, oh, he's doing the Dr. Drew face. And uh, she was like, what's the Dr. Drew face? I go, look, like he looked at the video and he went like, and like then put that. your hand yeah, over your face. Like, oh, yeah. He's like, like cringed, I can't, yeah, can't believe you it. Could, you could hear his, uh, you know, his spleen. His cringe. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, you're so bad. It has to be called the dark side. The dark side. Yeah, I think because that's where you take me every time. Yeah. Even now, matter, yes. matter of fact. And I'd love for, because, like, you know, I feel like especially everybody has, everybody in the world has. A little bit of darkness in there. Yes. Sometimes it's a big part of who they are. If they're comedians. Sometimes it's hit. And I love you talking to comics about their dark side. Yeah, because it's, really it's pretty expansive. Yes. So. Some people really lean into their dark side. Some people keep it at bay. You and Christina lean in. We lean into it, I think. For laughs. Just for but, laughs. But like being aware that we're leaning into it. Some people are not even aware that, you know what I mean? They're not yes. really. They're in and they're not pretty even aware. Very sad. Yeah. Yeah, so just we'll keep the really them. bad ones out of the studio, though. Oh, I think I got to go. Okay, go yeah, you got to do a show. Yeah. And uh, thank you for stopping by. Of good course, to see you, man. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm gonna I'm gonna come up and talk about the uh, charity and stuff on stage. Okay, after you. So sounds good. Well done. All right. All right, see you. Bye, guys. Thank you. Get Lauren in here. Lauren, come in here. Lauren Savon. Lauren, Lauren, Lauren. Come on, just say hi. I know, but it, <laughs> that's for you and me. It's boring, but for people that might be listening to this podcast, they don't they don't necessarily. <laughs> okay, hopefully somebody's texting me. Hold on. <clears throat> Uh, Jeff Ross is coming up. Oh, so nice. You may get Jeff kicked Ross. out for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've your... met him so many times, but he's always so stoned. I don't think he ever remembers. I don't so think it's tonight always will be a any... new experience. Yeah, so who are you? <laughs> yeah. So who are we excited to see tonight? Um, oh, God. I, I don't even know who to start with. I, as Where's I your friend you, Spade? Where's he? He's supposed to come up here and he talk to me. He said he's not coming on until 9. So is, is he He'll be here at 5 minutes to 9. Is yeah, what yeah, typically. Um, but we were just watching Bumpin' Mics on Netflix yeah, with yeah. Jeff Ross and David Tell. Yeah, and they're both here. Yeah, it's great. I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait to hear both of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're really funny. And uh, Andrew, Tom my Segura. wife Susan. Andrew, did Andrew, you get your Susan? Did you get your inhaler today? By for that matter. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah, if he didn't, <laughs> I'm going to be like, what? <laughs> it's a struggle. Uh, who, yeah. Who were you? Who were you speaking to before Tom? Um, talked to uh, Brody Stevens, and then talked to a guy that was a piano player for the uh, for the comedy store for years. A very interesting history. Oh, really? Of the yeah, they have their own comedy uh, piano their, player. That's what I said. I'd, I'd like I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about that. Wow. Uh, Nikki's hopefully coming up in a minute, and then uh, awesome. yeah, we'll kind of go watch after that. So these, this, I feel like this is your Christmas party because these are all your friends. These are all my friends, right? And the only time I get to talk to anybody is when I do pop, podcasts publicly, and they come mm. up and talk to me. And otherwise, I don't get, they never visit me. Except so me. You ca- yeah, every day, Monday every day, Laura Friday. and I. There see, I look am. at where our news talk evolved. 790 KBC. That's right. Laura and I are there every day, so uh, let's go enjoy the comedy. 
I can't wait. Good to see you. Let's do it. Okay. The great Jeff Ross. Come on here, buddy. Get in here. So, how you been? I'm good, man. I'm you, really you good. You look great. You look so happy. I really am having a good night. My family's here with me. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, my, my God. My nephew, Jared, and his girlfriend. Hi, Jared. <laughs> Where do you guys live? Seattle. Seattle. Like, you're not from Seattle, are you? He's, in fr- he's a fresh... I'm from New Jersey, but my, yeah. half my family somehow wound up up there. Oh, that's so crazy. He's, they're on, he's here with his girlfriend. They're, they're on a Christmas break from college. Okay. Freshman in college. Where are you in college? Oh. Go Ducks. Is that what it is? Ducks? Yeah. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> not, it's, it used to be. Now it's quite a dynasty. It's good. It's fine. University of Oregon's fine. Great school. Well, hopefully. You've probably spoken there a couple of times. You not yet. Know. He's a freshman. No, you may have spoken there a couple of times. I would remember if the team was called the Ducks. Really? I did not no, know Well, that. the other Oregon team is called the Beavers. So that's probably the one you would have remembered more, I think. That's where his girlfriend goes. Is it Oregon State? Oh, Josie, which school do you go to? Yeah. Oh. University of Portland is a little different. So Great to see you, you man. as well. Your new Netflix special is killing it, right? Yeah, it's doing real well. And uh, Tell's here tonight, too. He's coming by. He'll make a rare indoor appearance. He does not come <laughs> and indoors. Do you, you meet my radio partner, Lawrence Vaughn? We yes. do a radio show every day. Of course. Hi, Lauren. My wife, Susan. Hi, Susan. Great to see you. Jeff. You guys look fantastic. Happy belated birthday. I'm sorry I wasn't there for the big oh, that birthday. Oh, w- that would have been fine. You, I was on the road. You know what happened is you said something about doing a roast, and Mrs. Pinsky decided that's what we're going to do for your birthday because <laughs> Jeff is going to host it. I'm sorry, Susan. <laughs> it, it worked out fine. It, it still sounded fine. like it went great. Everybody I talked to said they had a blast. We had a nice time, yeah. Yeah, many, does. many, many, many funny people said that they had a great time at your yeah. party. That's the only time I get to and talk to people. And it's good. You're celebrating your life, 60 years old. You look fantastic. Crazy, right? Whereas me, I'm aging at rapid speed. No, you're not. You're doing fine. I'm out of breath walking up the stairs to do your <laughs> fucking podcast. <laughs> I'm kidding. It was the only exercise I got today, Doc. <laughs> and you're short of breath. People need to know what a, what a good guy Dr. Drew is. And where, if you have any doubts, he's the best. Where do you live now? I live in Studio City Hills. You, so you're, but you're on the road all the time, right? Not as much as I, I, I was. I also have a place in New York, so it seems like I'm away a lot. Yeah, I find when I'm bi-coastal, people are happier to see me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can you talk about where you are in New York, or do you not? Greenwich Village. Oh my god, how nice! I have to live we, near the comedy clubs. Oh no, kidding! It's the best. Jeez, speaking of comedy clubs, did you see? Artie's been posting a lot lately. It is sort of um, alarming, yeah. but also reassuring that he's doing okay and telling the world that he's doing okay, yeah, as except, opposed to some people who are telling the world that they're not okay. Yeah, did you see Pete Davidson's thing? I did. And I, I predicted that. I, I really saw him as a high, high suicide risk. So I hope they're taking that very seriously. Is that normal for people to reach out in such an obvious way and such a? Mm, it's 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 a, an aggressive act. It's you, you know, if you really look at what he said, he said, you know, be careful because don't don't forget I told you so. Yeah. You know, if you mistreat me and you know, I'm really fragile and you know if you keep coming after me, it's, it's on you. Which is true. He's not wrong, and, and people are being you know, that poor thing. That kid's. How tough that is. He lost his dad, already depressed. I don't know if he has a substance problem or not, or maybe he did have a substance use mm-hmm. disorder, and then loses, loses the love of his life, and then people are attacking him online. It's like out of control. And then she lost the love of her life, so the whole thing... It's a big circle, right? It's a big it's circle. It's a big clusterfuck is what it is. And it, it, I don't know. This is something... I. I when I feel the blues, for me, it comes and goes. I yeah. don't know if that's normal. That's normal. You don't get the, uh, depression's a different thing. And I can actually say that I can pull myself up out of a chair. I can recognize it, and I'll catch myself. Maybe it's a sign of, 
I don't know. You, you've, you've, over the years, you've talked about stuff, uh, not depression, but sort of, because you're a sensitive person. I remember when you came back from, was it Afghanistan or Iraq or something? You were, uh-huh. you were deeply affected for a long time after that, yeah. but not depressed. Buddy Hackett used to say, comedians feel pain more than most people because that's our trade. Yeah, I think that's true. Yes. Right? I do feel that way. Yeah. And I think you have to be, sen- like, we're, we're in tough times. You have to toughen up. People are really sensitive, and I include myself, but I don't know. Do you have trouble doing comedy because of the way people are? The, the outrage culture we live in? It's a good question, Doc. I'll tell you, I, th- I was thinking about this. Yeah. I think, no, I think it's the opposite. I feel more compelled Good. To do comedy. Good. Because people are sensitive. You know, you're a doctor. You'll understand this. If it, Let's just say laughter is, a, is medicine, yeah. right? Yeah. You've heard that before. Yeah. Nobody wants their medicine watered down, less potent. You want your medicine potent, hard, like yeah. the full dose. Well, yeah, let's do it. So that's why I, I, I think, think most of the, the practitioners are backing off. So good for you, man. That's why I think, you know, comedy clubs and podcasts and other temples of free speech are thriving. Yeah. They're calling it the intellectual dark web sometimes. But it's, are, it's right out there. Yeah, it's good. So, all I right. love that we're at a comedy show. I know. We're at a comedy show. We're public here. A lot of people standing watching this conversation. What's that? Pick? Oh, that's the comedy show. There's a second stage here that's up on the, on the platform with us. It's up here on, just outside. So. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't worry. Um, all right. So listen, let's wrap this that's thing up. That's what I love about comedy because... When you're on your road by yourself, it can be very lonely. But yeah. when you're at these festivals, there's festivals, comedy festivals all over the world. I try to go to all of them. You get to see the other comics. Well, you, you get, get to see, see Dr. Drew. Well, but we, everyone kind of knows each other, right? It's kind of a weird thing. I feel like it's a cult. I feel like I'm a comedian before I'm an American, before <laughs> I'm a Jew, before I'm a anything, any group that you think I'm part of. I'm a comedian first. If a comedian needs help... Like we're not well. That's what we're here. We're supporting this is comedian fund that right. now that supports these group of social workers that help comic comedians. I always wonder why you know, musicians always had musicians assistance program. Comedians never had anything, and this is it. I think we used to be in a more cutthroat environment. Comedians, we all used to be competing for the few slots on Johnny Carson, the few slots on prime time. This is all before my time. Really, do you, do you watch I'm Dying Up Here, which is really about that? Yeah, it's beautiful. Do you watch it? I watch yeah. it. Yeah. But I feel like now there's more of a community for comics, whether it's because of Roast Battle or the way the comedians are and the podcasts are more of a conversation as opposed to a solo performance mm-hmm. often. And I think it's a good time, you know, for comics in that Well, respect. I'm glad to hear you're bringing the full dose. The other thing you did not that long ago was that thing in the prison. Yeah. Please do that again. Man. That was awesome. I've never been more scared in my entire life. I could tell. Thank you. And I, well, I was scared for you when you started giving the, the Nazi dudes grief. I was like, oh, shit. Those guys in the balcony with the swastikas on their face. <laughs> I had to go for them first to show everybody else that I mean business. Oh, my God. I, well, I thought they were going to go for you first. But they laughed. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a, it was a was, humanizing moment. It was. Yeah. But it was high, high stakes. I worried about you. Can I come back sometime and talk to you about just... More real life stuff when we're not when I'm not about to perform. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I love talking to you. I don't right. get to talk we'll to it. you enough. We'll do it anytime. You let You're me know. The best talk. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Thank you for okay. uh, everything you do and being Doctor Drew. Thanks, Susan. Thanks, Lauren. Great, Jeff Ross. The great Mark Maron sitting down at the mic here.
I saw you uh, tweeting to Kanye today. I was uh, trying to outcompete you to are, encourage him to come talk to me. Are we going live? Yes, we're live. Are we really? No, yes. we're not. Yeah, we're live. We're well, not live, live, but we're recording now. We're recording live. Yeah. But we're not going live. No, we're not broadcasting. It is so loud in my head right now, I can't even begin nope. to tell you. And, I, and I'm a guy who likes to hear myself. That's good. That's good. Oh, so we're coming out on the mic, too. Oh, this is an audience situation. We're, I understand. I understand. Literally just saying hi to people. This is it. This is it. Oh, so yeah, yeah, Kanye, I, I didn't even know what happened until my producer in Brooklyn said, uh, maybe you should get on and get in, you know, respond to it. I'm like, Rogan was All going right. after it. I was going after it. Everybody <laughs> did. Like, Everybody did. He basically tweeted that he thought it was time to sit down and talk about mental health. We're all like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready. Come over. <laughs> come, yeah. Please. Let's try it. Please. I don't even know what will happen, but come over, <laughs> you <happening>? weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way this is going to go well, but please come over. Please. No, it would go well, I bet you, if you could corral him. He's, I don't gotta, think you could. It depends on what level of mania what, what he's condition? at, right? That's exactly, huh? right. exactly right. I don't know. Like uh, it was The the one thing I hated about uh, being uh, part of the dog pile is that everyone else's people start dogpiling on you. Right. You're like, no, I don't think so, Marin. Yeah, exactly. No, Joe's going to get him. Like, yeah, uh, he'd be better on Rogan. I've, been, I've avoided the Roganites forever. And People then that just the door opened. Maybe don't know. Mark is from a medical family. His dad was a doctor, and so yes. he, he understands. I understand like how uh, horrible doctors can be. <laughs> how insanely self-involved and narcissistic the medical practice makes oh. people. Oh, man, my wife. Yes, I Look at her. That. Look at her applauding. Yeah. She's like, hey, It's incredible how selfish and self-important a doctor can be, even... <laughs> An orthopedic surgeon in New Mexico. It's true. Yeah, it, I know. Because you start to think what you're doing is like... You're it, saving lives. You're saving bones. It, it gets to, well, even, but even, you get a little culty a little bit. I was thinking about this because we start to... Well, you are a cult. It is. It is no, a I bit know, of a but cult. My dad's just... A, he was a surgeon in New Mexico. He, you know, he did knees and legs and ankles He's and still hips. part of the cult. I guess so. Oh, the medical cult. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But you're an actual real cult. Oh, you've, I'm a cult person. Yes, you've, de- I, you've I, developed I, a cult over the years. <laughs> Through much hard work, Thank very you. intentional cult building on your part, Drew. <laughs> it was really my intention. I wanted to have lunch with you, though, and I'm yeah. going to ask you again now, can we have lunch? Okay. Really? Because I, I, I put you on the spot. Where are we here. going? I don't know. Somewhere on... You know where we can go? We can go to... Where have I been eating, lady? Over in Highland Park, there's a new little Chinese place called Joy. Done. Or Cacao. We can go to Cacao Mexicatessen. Done. Highland Park is where all the hipsters go. Yeah, that's where why I used to I had to leave. Yeah, it was, I, it was, it was getting, hipster heaven. Well, I feel like I, I, uh, I opened some gate... The and then I, yeah, and then I want to leave through it. Well, the hipsters floated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was I. I was waiting to be on your podcast, and I was down at the bottom of the hill. Yeah, and there was a place I. I think I saw on your television show, Milk or something. It's called. Oh it's yeah, a, and I was having coffee there. No, oh, there Cafe de Leche. Cafe de Leche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and I was thinking, oh my god, this is Highland Park. Where, yeah. Where's all the what? This, this, this different. There was. Brown people when I was last in Highland yeah, Park. Yeah, I know, really I know. It, you know, and you start to feel that tension. Like I, when I moved there, I had no intention of. Uh, I didn't think it was hip or anything. I just, I, I never bought a house before, and I, I saw a house. And they're I was, nice houses. Yeah, yeah, it was a cute little house. I was showing some other guy the neighborhood. He was, we we're just driving around. He was looking for a rental. Yeah, and I'm like, this looks good. And there was nothing there, man. There was nothing there. The York was the only bar that was there. Yeah, and then I just saw it happen. I saw it all happen. And you start to feel a, a, there's, a, there's a tension that comes with gentrification. Eventually. No, I know. You feel guilty. You feel something. Yeah. You're yeah. like, you know, I, I don't feel responsible, but I, I wanted to, I just, I don't know. Out. So would you join the Armenians in Glendale? Perfect. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, it's nice to see you. Lost uh, tribe of Israel. Judgmental right. old people looking at you on corners and in front of supermarkets. <laughs> all right, man, I'll let you go. I just want to say hi. I didn't want to get a commitment for lunch, so I'll call you. No, okay. absolutely. Let's yeah. have lunch. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks. Yeah. Great, Mark Mann. Next up, the great, yeah, keep rolling, the great David Spade. Come here, buddy.
Grab these. How was your set? Uh, it was pretty good. Was it good? Oh, Great audience. You all right? I just got finished. Last uh, time, literally, you and I really talked was after you got attacked by your oh, right. friend. Oh, right. I know. Yeah. It was a long time ago. There's a lot of times when, you know, you got Dr. True and they... Uh, Rolodex, you want to give him a call? Well, literally, we were we were somewhere so like backstage at like a K Rock. I remember one time on an elevator, I was asking you something too. I was like, "Which you get all the time when you're a doctor?" It's like, "Hey, real quick, <laughs> um, we've got three floors. Can you answer this question about my life?" Yeah, I want to vomit right now. Yeah, right. So. I have this psychological problem. How would you fix it by the time we get to the lobby? So, uh, but you get that a lot. But yeah, that thing with the guy attacked me was weird, and uh, I did move out of that house. That house. The one, because I, I thought, I don't want to be a pussy, but, you know, there's a little blood on the walls or some on the carpet, and by the phone where I call 911, so I go, after, I was definitely looking at the door at night, not being able to sleep well, I go, I got to get out of here, it's too, too many uh, memories, but after that, it was all right. You know, I think I also saw you on the set of Sandler's film, uh, about the Wexler, Sandy Wexler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you know what was so awesome about that was you guys just hang out on that on his set. It's the most oh, yeah, fun set think, I've ever been on. I think I only did one day on it, but yeah, I would just you go just in just out, to see him because it was hung, in L.A., yeah. And everyone just would hang. And, yeah, it's good to just go sit what in What a great group. And, and I'm forgetting the director's name, Steve Brill. Brill, yeah. And you just, uh, when you do that, either try to think of jokes for the next scene or just throw in stuff just because it's fun, just because everyone's around. It's just, it's just the most extraordinary thing to see. Yeah, those are the less, least tense uh, sets. I mean, we did the do-over, which is harder because it was a big budget. And it was just me and Adam. We did it in Puerto Rico and uh, Savannah. It was tough, though. I mean, when you got to, when you, it's just me and Adam, that's tougher because I'm playing a character, so there was... Just acting tweaks where they say, uh, well, it was Brill also, but he's David, like, don't, David tried don't be spady. Yeah, because I was supposed to be like straight up Jason Bateman, Ben Stiller, <laughs> like every man guy. And if I try to be, you try to spin a joke, because usually you're trying to milk everything out of everything. Yeah. But you weren't supposed to get the laughs. You're kicking them over to someone else. And uh-huh. it's very... It's different. Discipline. Yeah, it's different. Brill, thankfully, is the nicest guy in the world. He's great, yeah. And he yeah. just did, uh, I think he did his special, too. Oh, that stand-up Adam special? special yeah. really good. Yeah. I hear a lot of great things about that. It's nice people, you know. My son ended up working for uh, oh, really? a PA. For, what's, what's, his, what's the guy's the producer? What's the guy's name? Uh, G- Gar- Gray- Grady. Oh, Grady, yeah, yeah, yeah. Working for Grady. Grady, he's and doing also the, and the, and, But by the way, the, I mean, I'll, when I came onto that set, I was just doing a little cameo thing, and both Grady and Spade are like, are you okay? You got everything? You want a sandwich? Here's yeah, like, yeah, 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 it's, it's like, nice. It's, like, it's out of control. It's yeah, ridiculous. it's nice, because, but they appreciate it, because that Sandy Wexler had about 50 cameos. <laughs> I know, I know, but, but everyone had fun. Yeah, so. I, I got a good Instagram picture out of it. That was about, that was exciting. Yeah. But tonight uh, was good. We did this show. Lauren's here somewhere. Is she, be, is, she, is she making her way up here yet? Susan Pinsky? Did you give her her directive? She died. Give, give her a directive. I actually, Tell her David Spades. How did you guys get to know each other? Lauren, I... Um, oh, through Colin Quinn. Right. Colin is a great uh, stand-up. And, uh, Speaking of Colin, last time I talked to him, it was about Artie. Oh, Artie. Oh, boy. God, these Artie photos. Like, you know, it's, it's interesting that Artie is coming back and saying he's cleaner and doing well. He and just got tweeting. busted for cocaine just today. I, yeah, I mean, I saw that, <laughs> and he said he, he said it was still in his system, but how long does it stay in your system? Not right? more than 32 hours. Oh. Well, 
Maybe it's in the system. Maybe. It's I in the system because he just used it. I was complete gummer. Sometimes I used to rub it on my gums in the old days, and yeah, the old days. it was like the old halfway school. way of doing it. But that's yeah, sort I'm already of it. I worry about him all the time. But he's on a replacement therapy now. He's on Suboxone, which is probably what he should be on. It's probably why he's doing better. But is is that the stuff that's like a jewel? Like it's halfway from doing heroin to not, so it still gives you a buzz. It's, it can, and, but it, yeah. but people like already have failed everything else. I, I'm not objecting to that. You know, it's I mean? funny. I saw a big ad in the paper for Juul Smoke, you know, whatever yeah, it is for the kids. J-U-U-L. Yeah, it's like, you know, hey, we have peach, tangerine. It's like pixie sticks. And they're like, <laughs> but their pitch was, instead of getting you on smoking with this, they go, this is what gets you off smoking. Well, it's it a does step it. down. I go, I know, but everyone's using it as a step up. <laughs> I know, if you're 15, it's a step. But it's every ad step. is like, this is dangerous and addictive. I go, is this for Juul or against <laughs> it? Because they have to do so many disclaimers that yeah. you go, I'm not sure which way this is going. But and People use it for pot, too, a lot, for cannabis. In those things? Juul, yeah. Because I know that when you go to like those weed stores yeah. that... Uh, I've not been to... I should go to one. I've not oh, been to I one. went one. It was pretty funny. I actually went and... Denver. Weed tenders or bud tenders? Bud yeah, it's tenders. like basically a taco truck for weed. And you go in and they say, uh, oh, something worked. And, uh, I know, use that again. They say, um, they have to card me. So these two, you know, stoners are there. The place is like eight by ten feet. Oh, they're small. And then I go, okay. And some are like huge with yeah, everything. Are, you go Black the light posters. Yeah. You know, I got, and it's like a little bit of a porn shop in the corner. They got a little bit of everything. A little bit of a... You know, yard sale. But I, I went in and I go, oh, I just want to get some, I got a bad neck, just anything that can make me sleep or something, or for inflammation. And they go, great. And then they both took pictures and they go, oh, we need to see your ID just for whatever. Yeah. And it expired a, a week before. They go, They're calling oh. you by your name, though. So, yeah. Hey, David Spade. Hey. So, photos. And then, oh, we can't let you in. Actually, you can't be in the building. I go, so. we're really going by the letter of the law. Do you think I'm not 14 or whatever it takes? So I had to wait out front like a jackass oh. while my friend went in there and got, like, gummy bears of fentanyl or whatever. So uh, it was all good. I get that shit at the airport. I was just saying that fentanyl name. is 100 times stronger than heroin. I'm like, since when was heroin for pussies? You know, like, oh, you still do heroin? No, no, just do my fentanyl guy gets here. Like, car fentanyl is 100 times more potent than fentanyl. It's, what is? Car fentanyl. And that's out there, too. What is that, when you drink your gas tank? No, it's just another version of fentanyl. I mean, 100 times stronger. I'm like, yeah. how fucked up do we need to be, America? I, I, like, I Christ. I know. I thought heroin was a big deal. But they're like, what a joke. That's like decaf. <laughs> well, it looks like Lauren is not going to join yeah, us. Yeah, she I, oh, yeah. quit on us. I but, know, but I'll let you off oh, the there, hook. Is that her? No. no. It's like Fitzsimmons the other end of the yeah. room, doesn't it? Um, is that? No. That's, a, that's closer to Lauren. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But thank you. Uh, All right, man. It's great to see you. Thank it's you great to here. see you, and I know and, uh, you guys do that show, which is great. Yeah, I hear nice great. things about, so yeah. it's nice. And so, she's always a funny one to play off of. She's, but she like does her j- journalism thing with me. She's smart. But that's the beauty of Lauren. She's funny, she pretty, either. and yep. then she, if you need to ask a real question, no, she dives into it. Well, also, she's got game in terms of interviewing other people. She will swing hard at the plate. Oh, so, that's good yeah. because... Yep. It can, it can fact, lighten Mark, up for you. We yeah. had Mark Aragos on, and he was like, whoa, whoa, your partner. He started tweeting about right, it. Right, because he thought it was going to be a skim job, <laughs> exactly. and then she dives in. <laughs> she yeah, was yeah, like yeah, punching like him it. in the nose repeatedly. I get it. Sorry. 
Yeah. And we'll talk. Yeah, we'll yeah. come back. After the commercial, we're going to show photographs of Artie's nose and go over it. Oh, you need to take a look at that. It's something else. I do, what exactly happened before you He go? dissolved the cartilage in his nose. It just dissolved or collapsed. I heard that happen to Stevie Nicks, but she looks better than Artie. Artie really went, really did it fully. Like usually you dissolve the, and it, the septum. You can see in between. The, right. The, he dissolved the whole thing, that so it collapsed. That septum has left the building. Yeah. It's a little bit of a catcher's man. Do you, do you have a relationship with Artie still? Uh, yeah. I mean, I still text here and there. Cause yeah. we, we did a movie a long time ago. and uh, He's the greatest guy in the world. And he's great. So, he's, but, he's, but, I mean, it's, it's a sad thing. I, I, his latest thing is like, hey, I'm just a fuck up. And that's the way it goes. Like, I, I do not accept that. I know, I but it's tough that. to have you around because here, <laughs> you can't bullshit you. It's easier with friends or people on Twitter. but. <laughs> If it's you, you're like, ah, oh, fuck. All right, I'm caught. This guy sees through me like, use Neutrogena. Um, all right. All right, buddy. Thanks, bud. Nice to see you. Great to see Bye, you. Man. Take care. Bye, guys. Applause. James Page. Ow. Thanks, bud. All right, that's about it for this episode of This Life. Check us out at KBC, being uh, Lawrence Vaughn, 790 Midday Live Talk Radio, Monday to Friday. You can also tune in every day live via the magic of the internet at kbc.com. If you miss it, we've made it simple for you to find all the shows at drdrew.com, the Adam and Dr. Drew podcast, the Think What I Do By Myself, the Dr. Drew podcast, This Life, of course, with Bob Swole Patrol, Mike Cantho, and his new health and fitness podcast. You can uh, find us on Twitter at This Life Podcast, at Dr. Drew, Dairy W, at Rehab Bob Forrest, and of course, our lovely producer at First Lady of Love. I think I know who that is. If you love this show, please subscribe and tell a friend. We appreciate it when you do. We'd love to hear your feedback as well. Send us a message. Join the email list at drdrew.com, drdrew.com slash contact. You'll also get a weekly uh, email from us on that. Uh, while you're at it, at doctor.com, please support our sponsors by clicking through the banners. We only advertise products that I can get behind. So thank you for supporting them, those that support us. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.